bekannt. Fatal. Welcome you all and I bid you welcome to our greatest show. In today we explore the wonders of what is going on about on the interwebs. Um, I still haven't made a purchase in the last past week, so I'm in progress. Hopefully not had a cigarette because I'm speaking to you from the past. And yes, I am Marco, the cartomancer. Hi. Come through, Stephen Fry. <laughs> uh, hi, I am Inish, and yesterday I had a whole mental breakdown because of how much laundry I did. Nice to meet you. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, hello, and uh, I have my name is Bapal, and I've successfully uh, successfully completed the latest uh, Pokemon Evolution uh, with my husband. He's now a shiny theater lover. <laughs> and i am van that's oh, it man. just van it's like prince or share yeah i'm van yes i'm van Madonna, Cher, yeah nostalgia yeah that's all she needs to say all but right she is the van well, well, what what have you doing? done how are you oh doing what i just the, know how? I just know that you sang Believe, and my first instinct was to think of the Book of Mormon song <gasps> called I Believe. <laughs> Which oh, one is it? Can, can it's you sing um, it? No, I can't sing it. No, no I'm just, terrible. Just um, la da just so I like, remember. It's like, that it show is... Na, 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 na. Like, it's that, it's that oh, one song God. that the guy sings when he's like, he's been disillusioned with, the, with his Mormon mission, mm -hmm. and he starts to sing, like, Things like I believe that, um, like I get my own planet and stuff like that. <laughs> At the end, he like picks up the like um, that like like the bad guy, the villain's hand, and he starts like sort of swinging his hand around, <laughs> and then he gets a thing, and then a thing happens thing with the happens. book. Uh -huh. uh, but I that guess I guess so um, I guess the I want to talk things? about musicals. Yeah. <laughs> Yes. Oh, I remember. Everybody should watch this show. It's so funny. Me and my own planet. I am a Mormon. Like, that was it. I swear to God. You, you all need to see this show. It's so funny. It is. Uh, so one of the things that I'm told legendarily uh, mm -hmm. at my workplace is that my uh, operations team went to see it. And at the time, yeah. a person in the operations team was, was saying, no, but she was religious. And oh, basically was her... Her facial journey throughout was like, <laughs> facial journey. what is happening? And then why is everyone laughing? And then am I allowed to laugh at this? And then convulsingly laughing ah! throughout the play. Cool. Oh, it was like, good. oh my God, they're making jokes about that. <laughs> you know, yeah, like. Yeah, <laughs> it's the kind of thing you want to check if, if there are religious people in your group and, and, and how, uh, 
what their personal view on religion. What their threshold? Honestly, you can still find it funny and, Honestly, and, and be religious. Some of, I have I have heard that a lot of Mormon people genuinely like, like Book of Mormon, and uh... the Mormon religion at one point had an ad in their booklet. Saying, really? uh, saying, you've Go seen, see like, this. like, like, you've seen the play, now read the book. There's a book? Yeah. Oh, oh read the, the book? <laughs> That's good marketing. Welcome to, welcome to this episode. Welcome to, welcome to, to, welcome welcome to, to the party uh, since 1981. <laughs> Could we call it being a little bit of twos? <laughs> Ooh, he's doing fair, a fair callback to uh, the previous um, episode. So, so witty. So I've watched I've watched a couple of musicals. You've watched Book of Mormon Inish. Have you watched any other ones? Avenue Q, the Portuguese Portuguese okay. adaptation, which cool. was very good. And I, I think mm-hmm. the same team should do a Portuguese adaptation of Book of Mormon. That'd be great. I'd love that. How about how about Vanessa and Marco? Like what have you seen? I mm. just clips on the internet. That's fair. And and Grand Noit in RTP when we were kids. <laughs> I mean that counts, I love that right? shit. That I used counts. to love that. Great, no, great, me too. Great me theme too. song. Grand noite. All of our Welcome to alienating. Yeah, we're alienating the. We're by Feliciaing ourselves. But what about you, Marco? I know that you've seen a fair few. I've seen quite a few, yes. Yes. But I am going to. Legally Blonde, right? Legally Blonde. You, you you showed me about it, and it's. I love weird. Legally Blonde. Legally Blonde is it so like at least fun, yeah. in Europe it's so underrated, because mm. um, because it's hysterical. Um, mm. I've seen Hairspray. Oh. Cool. I've seen Spider Man. <laughs> yes. Didn't that one go really badly. I, can, yeah. Can you please can because because I was talking uh, with my husband the other day. So one of my favorite things I've only seen like three musicals total well and like two in person so two let's say that mm-hmm. i've seen uh mm-hmm. but i'm i am aware of multiple ones but one of the ones yeah. that i've seen is called hades town and two of the actors were in spider-man so can you please tell everyone why the spider-man musical is such a meme in why the musical didn't. theater community it's, it's not memorable uh i mean visually and conceptually it was really really well done, but the songs were just not memorable. Uh, I left the theater, and 15 minutes later, I could not hum one single song, song from that show. Really? And that, and you two, uh, I think Bono did uh, some of it. But my favorite one, of course, yeah. is my autobiography, which is on Broadway. <laughs> of course. What's so this is, uh, this is Wicked. Oh, <laughs> yeah. I'd like to see that. Yeah, Is Wicked. I got into Wicked because of Marco. Yeah. Because Not because really. he talked about it. Wait, 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 wait! This is the greatest one, and go. <laughs> and now for terrible English. As someone told me lately, it's such a. <laughs> My God! This is your theme song. It is. <laughs> it is. It is. This is the story of my life. How to hate people and alien, alien, um, 
alienate them. No, but it is so. I wanted to I wanted to go back to the Spider-Man musical because some of the people that do listen to us are like, say, Marvel fans or whatever. Like, can you tell us again? Like, you said songs that weren't memorable, but there's but there's more to this story about the about the Spider-Man musical. There's a lot there's of about there's like wires yeah to fly and not working. One of the actors got injured. The the first actor no. got injured. Uh, the the character playing the actress playing Mary Jane got injured. Uh, a lot of that thing got really really bad. I I don't think it's as bad as the Lestat musical, which also was a thing. That was a thing. Yeah, that was a thing, and it flopped. Um, and I think um, what's his face. He just did a duet with Gaga. Uh, oh man, sorry, Guy? it's my old. Day. Yes, Elton John. Elton John, I think, oh, made yeah, some score does. for Lestat. Um, well, they tried. But I think it's just not memorable. The guy who played, um, uh, was it the lizard? Um, uh, green, Green Goblin. Green, go- yeah, Green Goblin. Sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. Am I gonna be cancelled by all no, the reptilians? No, no, no! It wasn't because that's the way I would say yeah. it too. I'm like, you know, the yeah. lizard, the, the thing. Yeah, it's he, the green, the guy who played the Green Goblin. I think is the same that plays uh, Hades in Hades Town. Yes, at least the original cast. He has. He is amazing. A voice, man. Like, I have a story. Okay. I have a story about the Spider-Man musical that actually Do happened it. when I was there. So, um, the beginning of the second act is. The Green Goblin, thank you. <laughs> the Green Goblin uh, doing a solo and playing the piano. And yeah, he was just like, singing and doing a solo and playing oh, the piano. Okay. Okay. And then, like, I think someone got in late uh, for about 90 seconds, they were late. Oh, shit. And then the actor stopped singing. He was like, it's not like, but in characters, like, it's not like I'm doing anything. Go ahead. Yes, find your place, honey. No, don't drop those candy. Yeah, go. Go sit down. Can I do my song now? <laughs> and we were like, oh, oh, girl. I mean, it's not, it is not memorable. Um, but did, were the songs like m- no, musical? No, no, they you weren't. Know, what you think of when you think no, of musical no. theater? They were not. Were I mean, the goal. I can't or? think of it. I can't remember any of the songs. But Hades Town um, is supposed to be real good. It's like Persephone and uh, Hades Town is hands down one of the best pieces of art that I've seen. Oh, you've um, seen it in recent history. Yeah. So I, the way I. Ended up seeing it because it was a big Tony Darling last year. It won a fuck ton of Tonys. It won oh, the best musical that. one. Yeah, so I I went to New York last year and I was like, I don't know how many times I'm going to get to ever come here yeah. in my life. I have um, to see at least one musical. musical. Yeah. So I dragged Carlos to see Book of Mormon because I was like, he's going to find this funny. Yes. Everyone that I've it's met right that has exactly. seen it, like yeah, recommends yeah. it. It's so amazing. Funny. So... We like we saw this. I think day one or two of being there, we loved it, and I was mm-hmm. like, okay, I'm definitely, I have to go see another one. I don't give uh-huh. a shit. And I knew that a lot of people said like, oh, Hades Town, it's amazing. But all I knew was like, oh, it's about a Greek tragedy. That's right. It's all based I on knew. Greek mythology, right? Yes. So yes. Yes. That that was my level of understanding. That's how much you knew? I about. wept. Okay. Aww. I in the first so in the 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 transition from the first to the second act mm-hmm. something happens with the staging i'm not going to get into details in case mm-hmm. you want to see it because if you have the chance to 
please go fucking see it. Like in the future mm-hmm. when in the know, fu- when Broadway no reopens. Yes. <laughs> yeah. uh, but even if because they were thinking of bringing it to to London again and touring and everything, so if it's near you, it is definitely worth your money. Long. But there's a there's a moment there where I was literally like I like I was I was aghast. Like I couldn't breathe. I couldn't believe Aww. what was happening. And it was so. It was not that it was like. Spider-Man, like some guy on a wire, sort of swinging around. Yeah, yeah. It wasn't nothing that was that grandiose, but just the way that they presented it, mm-hmm. it like moved me so deeply. And the the I, I think it's a Walter Care Theater. I'm not sure now, but it's 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 very small and it's very steep. And mm-hmm. I scored some seats. Which, by the way, if you're ever in the, in New York um, and you want to go to Broadway and you're like, I don't have a billion dollars to <laughs> pick up a ticket. What you do is that you sit your ass about a block away from the theater, somewhere with Wi-Fi, or you get a hotel nearby that has Wi-Fi, right? And then you go to StubHub, and you just refresh that fucking page and see all the scalpers bring the prices down about, you know, 10 minutes before the show. So about, I think, one hour before the show, I scored, I think it was like $56 tickets, which for Town is very, very, very cheap. And they were very nicely placed. They were in the balcony, central, like wasn't oh, nice. super far back. And it's so steep. So the so I had a full perspective on the stage. And it was yeah. just, I, I mean, I don't want to go on about it. But it was, I've listened to the soundtrack constantly ever since. And it's been, all I want to do is go see it again. Aww. Yeah. Wow. Well, if it comes to London, we should all go see it. Yes, fucking Ooh, please. Let's let's do that. Also, uh, mm. wicked. Do we know anyone who lives in London that we can squat? I do. All well, well, all of us. I know some Not people all actually. I think okay, we could. We can. We can disseminate. We can. like disseminate. But um, like the reason I like yeah. went on this fucking musical diatribe, and I think me and Marco hmm. wanted to talk about this, was the launch of Disney Plus in 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 Portugal was the fifteenth, I think. Yeah. And um, the sole reason why I bought Disney Plus was uh, I want to watch Hamilton because I tried to go see it, I could not get a single fucking ticket for it, even the real expensive ones. And yeah. I was like, you know what? Fuck it. I just want to know because I'm tired of not listening to the soundtrack because I want to see people on stage. Because that's my rule. I don't. I try mm-hmm. not to listen to the soundtrack too much before I actually mm-hmm. go see the thing, because mm-hmm. uh, I want to experience all the emotions on For the first like on stage. Yeah, yeah mm-hmm. definitely. Um, and man, is Hamilton fucking good. <laughs> really? It, it's so it's good. It's not just hype. It's or I'm, overhype. It's not. No, it's like, not. It's my, not. My husband why, is why not. Why do you think it's good? What, for, for, for those yes. like myself who <clears throat> haven't watched it, what makes do it so Do you know good? anything about it, Vanessa? So, no, so Hamilton, okay. good. So the Hamilton is a story of <clears throat> me coughing and not being able to mute. Uh, <laughs> Hamilton is the story of uh, Alexander Hamilton, which is one of the founding fathers of America. So it's basically the story of how America came to be America. Uh, including the independence, the wars, and the like struggles that came with with the first few governments, but centered basically on on his life story. And uh, Alexander uh, Hamilton was born in Puerto Rico, where the author Lin Manuel Miranda is from. Oh, so, so he was very inspired to write a musical about immigrants. In fact, one of the most um, 
applauded like one of the most reacted to lines in the musical is when they're in the middle of a song and they do a rhyme with immigrants we get the job done because all mm -hmm. of the cast is basically uh poc so so they're so yeah. they all come from different backgrounds it's not just mm -hmm. a bunch of white people playing historical figures yeah. uh which is very refreshing and it's all rap, hip hop, R and B. Yeah. That's the yeah. style of this historical musical, mm. and the lyricism is just incredible. Like they cram so much in there. There's there's so much subtlety. Like there's a lot of things that you miss the first time around when you're viewing it because they're subtle but they're there. Like mm -hmm. in one act, you have a character receiving a letter. But a few songs prior, you see the same character far off on the top of the stage on some scaffolding with a quiet light writing this letter, and you yes. miss the, and you miss subtle stuff like that at first. Cause there's cause there's so much going on. The mm. like the reason why I would recommend it is if you've if you think like musicals are like la di da, let me talk about my day. Blah, 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 like it's not. <laughs> this is not what what Hamilton is about. Hamilton is like not only are the songs really catchy, just really well structured, mixed sung, but Hamilton is political. Hamilton mm -hmm. has moments of where it acknowledges the faults in American history of things mm -hmm. that happen that people celebrate like our country is amazing, but then they sort of gloss over the slavery and <laughs> other things, you know. Yeah. Uh, but it, it it definitely acknowledges that, and it's um. It's an incredible story of ingenuity because this one guy wrote the show for six years mm -hmm. just wanting to pay homage to something. And uh, honestly, give it a shot. Cause my, so my husband is not a theater. He was, he, he, he was, was not, into, he was not a theater <laughs> queen. No, no, he was not. And he was not into even theater, even plays. He was very like, yeah, I don't not understand play. Like it seems boring yeah. to me. Yeah. So mm -hmm. we saw Book of Mormon and he was like, oh, maybe that's just a one-time experience because it's, <laughs> it's a funny musical. And when mm -hmm. we watched Hamilton, he's not been able to stop listening to the soundtrack, listening to the remixes. Or singing he it, loves apparently. It. Or, or <laughs> singing it. Um, it's, an, okay. it's an incredible, like, I, I understand. I understand why people are obsessed with it because it is, it's not just someone took, say, it's not Oliver Twist, you know? It's not some, like, oh, Victorian thing about a kid who's young mm. and poor. It's not Victorian. Like, who gives a shit? But, but it's not, like, it's not, like, a typical story sung in a mm -hmm. typical musical way. Mm -hmm. It's a, it's a historical play that's wrapped it's throughout. Interventional. And, and mm. also, exactly, it's very, and also, the entire thing is sung through. There's no moment where it's not sung. Oh, but there's it, no dialogue? But, yeah, but it, but it wow. all makes sense. And if for someone just like myself who doesn't have Disney Plus. So, uh, something else <laughs> I, I wanted to, to address. I have to acquire it, isn't it? You can come after your quarantina. Yeah, there you go. And, and do yes, a thing yes, with us. And we and we watch thank it. Thank you, thank you. But for a lot of us that are that are watching this, and even for me, like I always loved musicals as a kid. I loved all, you know, film musicals that I've seen, but there were so very few here uh, in Portugal. And and for a lot of us, we don't have the chance to go to Broadway. We don't have the chance yeah. to go to the West End even. So mm. there's a lot of people online that let's say share 
what they thing. know. Because um, there's yeah. definitely a lot of Broadway bootlegs. And there was this trend for a while where, where people would have YouTube. selling them. Yeah. And, um, selling them. Yeah, they, they would well, be no, selling yeah, yeah. them as they, well. Yeah, yeah, they're still, yeah, they're still, like, sold everywhere. But a lot of people upload them to YouTube, but call them different things. Like, they mm-hmm. uploaded once a bootleg of mm-hmm. Wicked, mm-hmm. and they called it the Pink and Green Slime Tutorial. <laughs> very graphic. Ingenuous. <laughs> I appreciate the <laughs> Yeah. Actually, you know, I'm so obsessed with Wicked that my, actually my favorite version of Wicked is the Japanese one. Which is incredible. Really, there's a Japanese. There's a Japanese. There's a there's a German version of Wicked. But and you mean they just translated the lyrics, right? Not not quite. A a new thing. No, the songs are the same, but the lyrics are. um, The songs are translated, and so of course, especially in Japanese, you're gonna have a little bit of political licensing. There's like slight differences, of course. How do you do musical in German? I don't know because I didn't. Aggressive, like everything else. <laughs> I mean, the German German Define people have gravity. music. Sorry. Oh my God! All of our all of our Define thousands of German listeners have just turned off the show. I am sorry. I am being stupid <laughs> and insensitive. And, all all zero point zero percent of you. Uh, <laughs> uh, but yeah, sorry. I don't want to. I don't want to talk like a lot more about musicals. But if you, but I, I did want to. Uh, yeah. I did want to discuss a little bit the whole supporting things that are problematic or have some problems. Because obviously, I gave money to Disney uh, mm-hmm. to watch this because mm-hmm. I wanted to watch it legally. And and when I and whenever I have the option, I I opt to go with the whatever the legal equivalent is yeah. because yeah. I can. There was a time when I couldn't, but now that I can, I don't think it makes mm-hmm. sense to be, uh, to be like that. Yeah. But what do you think about like essentially? I there's a lot of things about Disney that bother me. There's obviously a very ingrained history of racism and, you know, not so good things and stereotypes that they've mm-hmm. essentially sold the world, uh, sold mm-hmm. throughout the world. Um, how do you how do you reconcile sometimes giving money to say Disney or Kraft or Nestle, knowing some of the things that they do? I've been I avoiding think... buying Nestle. I actively avoid it, and I buy a Portuguese brand instead, which I yes. love. Yep. Yeah. Um... Kraft I didn't know about, so maybe I bought stuff by them. It's kind of or... hard to to. Because Kraft is everywhere. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but I mean, you can look at the label and see if it's there. Yeah. Um, Although they I don't know. Like How do I reckon? Children companies. Yeah, I know. Like uh, Palmolive. Palmolive. I'm... I don't know. Oh, yeah. yes. Palmolive. They're everywhere. I, I everywhere. Don't and purchase. we think palm olive is everywhere, too. The yeah. substance itself. And yeah. Anything that has olive, palm olive oil, mm-hmm. I, I avoid purchasing. Yeah. Um, so no Nutella for you girls. Women, women, sorry, women. Don't cancel me. Cancelled. Uh, no, but there's this uh, there's this notorious graphic of like these eleven uh, corporations own everything, and it's yeah, PNG, yeah. Coca-Cola, Unilever, PepsiCo, Kellogg's, uh, Mars, General Mills, Mondelez, Johnson Johnson, uh, Kraft, and Nestle, and they yeah. own. Everything. Like, all the other brands. Like ninety percent of the brands that you. So when you think you're choosing. You're actually not. <laughs> I think when it I is a great. It's uh, fucked, right? It's when divide I, and conquer. It's when like, I it's when I actually 
If it ain't broken, why fix it? Yeah, no. <laughs> when I actually went to uh, get the, because I got the year-long um, subscription? subscription for the Disney Channel, is because yeah. I am a big Marvel nerd. Although I did confuse the lizard with the Green Goblin. <laughs> But I am not a Spider-Man queen. As every gay man, I am an X-Men queen. Oh, wait, that's a thing? Uh, that's a of thing. Course. Of course. Uh, what do you mean, because of course? I don't, I don't know. Monica Vanessa, please explain why X-Men is super fucking gay. It, oh, X-Men. No, okay. No, I get X-Men it. no, is about... It. No, it's about minorities. X-Men, the, when it was... And, conceived, and people who, which are, who are different, who are different and, and perceived different, that, and, and, but, and also, but then why is why is it the norm that gay people like uh, Spider-Man? Because he looks good in tights. Oh, okay. Because, okay, it's the thirst. <laughs> yeah, it's okay. it's a thirst I trap. I don't know. I never the room thirst for. There's something. <laughs> <laughs> there's I something about me. Spider-Man that I don't, and I'm gonna be canceled by all Spider-Man fans. <gasps> That I don't find empathetic. I can't empathize with Peter Parker. I just remember reading the comics when I was very young. And to me, who was a child, he whined a lot. <laughs> like, shut the fuck and up. And I was here. like, come on, the phoenix just killed herself. And you're whining because you can't get a date? And ironically, <laughs> Peter Parker got around with so many women. In the Marvel really? world, yes. But in the movies, he only has like N- that. Uh, yeah, because and, uh, the, yeah, Mary Jane, Mary Jane Watson is a thing, is a recurring thing that only gets like, con- uh, it it only gets to its fruition in the 80s when they get married. But six, you know, I don't know if Spider-Man is from the 60s or the 70s. I don't remember. Um, but up until then, he would date. A lot of a lot of uh, uh, women. I remember seeing like this article in a Wizard magazine with all of Spider-Man's girlfriends, and you know, <laughs> Jesus. And he was, g- like- you know, he was trying to get into that WAP a lot. Okay. The, the older I get, the more annoying I find Superman. Superman. No, no, Spider-Man. I love uh, uh, Spider-Man. Sorry. Uh, honey, I, honey, my, breathe, breathe. Sorry. No, I'm breathing. I'm breathing. <laughs> I'm just Listen, no, no. I, I'm just, I'm just talking to my husband. Okay. Oh. Spider-Man fan. I like. I like, yeah. I like the. I like the concept. I like the suits. I like the evolution of the movie, uh, as in the evolutions of the suit and the story, or how they try to evolve it. But I find it so. Uh, male-oriented, young male-oriented, that it lacks depth on the female side. It, it the, the women exist only to serve Peter Parker, who is a very spoiled young brat. That's, that's my view of the thing. Uh, and I can watch it because I like these action movies and I like the suspense and the action and how he integrates with the rest of the universe, how he becomes an element between both. Mm -hmm. But after all of the evolutions of the movies that have occurred, I find it a very severe lack of interest that the female characters are so dull, are so... Counterpoint. Counterpoint to you. Counterpoint. Watch into the spider-verse it's yes. an animated movie that into was the spider-verse is, is a very good good movie 
it is it is my favorite form of Spider-Man yeah. that I've seen so far because it's also focused on you know a young t- first of all it sort of recognizes there are multiple Spider-Mans because there are uh, oh. And there and there and there no because there have been it's like Batman and Robin and uh, well sorry not Batman but Robin has had like there have been multiple Robins uh, oh. there like there have been multiple Spider people <laughs> you know people? <laughs> yes women uh, oh, sorry woman? people people who menstruate isn't that what gets all the all the terse for all that anyway. <laughs> oh jeez so, <laughs> hey <laughs> J.K. Rowling how are you terfs <laughs> quote me on that um. So uh, uh, the one of the one of the things that makes Into the Spider Verse great is that <laughs> it's this new perspective from like a young kid who just admires a hero and how he then becomes it. But also you see different facets of what makes a hero, and Spider Gwen shows up and she's super fucking cool. She's uh, way ass. too cool for Spider Man. Uh, Spider Gwen is play is 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 Gwen Stacy, which is one of the other love interests that main love interest that Spider Man had, other mm-hmm. than other than uh, Mary Jane. But yeah, it's I honestly like I I, I totally understand and, and and recognize what you see in Spider Man, which is also why I I never really got into any superhero stuff, even though I I married who I married because they <laughs> all seem like the same story to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but in, in essence, it's the same story. Every time, yeah. it's but, the same. It's the same plot, the same arc. Yeah. It's yeah. the fall but of the hero, the rise, and then the. I'm gonna give you. Thing. I'm gonna give you a counterpoint to this because I don't quite. I agree that is that Spider-Man is sexist because. Hello is created in the 60s. Uh, I didn't say however, that it was sexist. It is because if he, if he gives you a shallow. <laughs> if if all women are there just to serve him, it is at least if he not sexist, it's patriarchal. Test. But the thing about Spider-Man is that in a world with, where all the heroes at the time, and, and we have to think about this at the time, what made Spider-Man so popular was that he was a teenager who had absolutely no idea what he was getting in, into. And the story was divided between... Um, him being a superhero and then he going to high school and going to college. And I think some of the appeal got lost there um, because you wouldn't have that. The only other teenage heroes you would have were the X-Men at the time. And the X-Men, since they were like in a private school and didn't interact a lot in, in, in normal you know day-to-day society, they didn't have that sense of, you know, the, the same sense. I mean, like a nerdy kid would empathize with Peter Parker because Peter Parker was like very thin, very nerdy. He wore glasses. He was constantly being bullied through whole, the whole of high school, and so a lot of the kids would could see themselves. It was like in Revenge the, of the Nerds. Yeah, was the in the comic. The time. Although you know, again, I am not a huge Spider-Man fan. He does not appeal to me, but uh, but. I think I've been, said this on the show. I'm usually drawn to um, at least what I perceive, because sometimes they're not strong female leads or strong female characters in in comics, and that's why I prefer the X Men. That's why I'm a big Sailor Moon For instance, fan. Wonder there's, Woman. And I agree, Wonder Woman. I agree with I agree with what you say. There's another There's another character, Storm, mm-hmm. that I find it. She has such a, a wondrous potential 
to to a great storyline main great storyline that i find it a disservice to have her so subdued you know um i'm not I, i'm not catching up i'm now catching up of because of the father's husband i'm catching up with some with some of the x-men books <laughs> so i've stopped following the x-men around the early 2000s because i just couldn't afford it i couldn't afford liking both manga and both comics and they were really expensive because they were all imported so you we would almost pay double for each comic yeah. and feel grateful about it <laughs> welcome to portugal but i do think storm was she was very very pioneer in and essentially, when she first arrives into the X-Men, and the X-Men, when they become the Uncanny X-Men in the 70s, they were this, they were really this, like, we have a Native American person, we have a black person, we have a Canadian, <laughs> we have an Irish person, we have Who's a German, uh, Wolverine, what? Wolverine's Canadian, uh, at least oh, he was, uh, uh, Banshee. We have an Irish person. Yeah. We have a Russian person. The guy that yells what? a lot. We got a Russian person. So these were the new X-Men. The new X-Men were um, a, a group of people from all around the world that Professor Xavier gathers to save the original X-Men. And basically, he sh the, the whole dimension... I think this was when Chris Claremont started writing the X-Men. I think. I'm not sure with uh, the artwork from John Byrne, and basically they shelved the old X-Men, which was, you know, Jean Grey and Cyclops and Iceman and all these people. And they they got their relief of, like, now that you're going to live your normal lives, and only Cyclops leaves behind. Because other than that, all of them are um, not American. And Storm comes in as the token black uh, woman, that's what she does. But then she rises and she becomes the leader of the X-Men, which she stays for quite a long time. Um, and uh, she, does loses, uh, she does lose her powers because I think Storm is an Omega mutant. I'm not sure. Which is like the big, big-ass uh, powerful mutants. Um, and she, even when she completely lost her powers, she still was able to, um, to lead the X-Men. And she got the Mohawk phase. Uh, so they kind of experimented with, with Storm a lot in the sense that she she was very, you know, goddess-oriented, nature-oriented. I remember a comic where she's finding, like, fighting a swarm of bees. So instead of killing the bees, Storm would envelop them and like lower the temperature to force the bees to hibernate. You know, so that's the trope. And she evolved. Um, but those X-Men were like even more because this is like mid Cold War, right? You know, pre-80s, mid Cold War, where you have a Russian superhero, a German superhero, um, and uh, I do, I, I get it. I'm Storm did have some like mini comics or mini series featuring only herself, but some of them I think actually gave her some the service uh storm is one of my favorite x-men characters actually because you know she can fly and she wears amazing thigh, thigh high boots yeah. uh, and a cape 
<laughs> I want to uh, I want to continue this whole string uh, of fan fiction by bringing up a thing on the internet. Uh, brought I know, to you right? by Mafalda Mello. <laughs> <laughs> brought to you by being an idiot. Um, in the and in the such a lovely idiot. I love you. <laughs> in the far distant planet of the early 2000s, oh I was my. very much into fan fiction. I have just discovered it. Uh, I was like, oh my God, this is great. Everyone's writing stories about all my favorite things. And around that time, or sorry, like later on in the decade, I think around 2000, uh, 2006, I think, uh, the My Immortal fan fiction was published. Are you guys aware of what My Immortal is? No. Isn't it, isn't it what would come to be uh, Twilight? No. I mean, I've but, I mean, but it could this. be. So My Immortal is, has been characterized as the worst fan fiction of all time. <laughs> wow, that's uh, a tall is order. Is it Harry Potter related? It's a Harry Potter fan fiction, damn straight. Okay. So it's a, so it was written uh, by I think this this girl who called herself I think Tara or something, uh, and the first paragraph reads like this. I'm gonna I'm gonna try to use an adequate voice for it. Hi, my name is Ebony Darkness Dementia Raven Way, and I have long ebony hair, that's how I got my name, with purple streaks and red tips that reaches my mid-back and icy blue eyes like limpid tears, and a lot of people tell me that I look like Amy Lee Otter's Note. If you don't know who she is, get the hell out of here. I'm not related to Jared Way, but I wish I was because he's a major fucking hottie. I'm a vampire, but my teeth are straight and white. I have pale white skin. I'm also a witch, and I go to a magic school called Hogwarts in England where I'm in the seventh year. I'm 17. I'm a goth, in case you couldn't tell, and I mostly wear black. I love Hot Topic, and I buy all my clothes from there. For example, today I was wearing a black corset with matching lace around it and a black leather miniskirt, pink fishnets, and black combat boots. I was wearing black lipstick, white foundation, black eyeliner, and red eyeshadow. I was walking around outside Hogwarts. It was snowing and raining, so there was no sun, which I was very happy about. A lot of prep stared at me, but I put my middle finger up at them. And this first paragraph is... Jesus Christ. Is is something that gets like it is uh, like one of the like Vox oh. had an article about this in 2017, and they said its opening paragraph is now as iconic in the fanfic community <laughs> as the opening paragraph of A Tale of Two Cities is within <laughs> other literary circles. Wow! And and it's true. Like I see still a lot of people in these circles talking about Ebony later spelled Anobi because <laughs> the because the fanfic Anobi. got like. As she wrote more and more characters, there were more and more spelling mistakes and more and more of the like MySpace type speak going on. And it was this mishmash between like wow. uh, wanting to fuck uh, Draco, but not Harry and Harry was or or both. And then they were both a vampire and not and like it was it was Sounds mental, tiring. right? And the reason that I bring this up and I, I is that, that I... it takes that long to describe what she looks like and that she's so badass. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I there's another... What she looks... In a rainy, snowy day? Come on. No, what she <laughs> looks like in a school that has a uniform. I do have a quick question for all of us, because I, I, except Inej, she's which... She's a rebel, don't you know? Which I think Inej wasn't very affected by the whole Harry Potter universe. 
I've never read really? That's what, I've seen some movies, that's what this read. whole segment was gonna was gonna segue towards, Marco. Go See, on. I'm psychic. Oh. There you go. <laughs> I'm psychic. But how do we relate to? Well, not the author, because some people will will stand out that Harry Potter is problematic, um, and I have Here's what I here's what I would recommend. Uh, I think like I have. So there's a there's a great video about this done by Lindsay Ellis again like she is like she is amazing she does video essays I will link it and it's called Death of the Author Part Two Electric Boogaloo and it's a 17 minute <laughs> video just about J.K. Rowling and I think the main underlying thing is it's one thing when the author is dead and has a checkered past or has had mm. problematic things. And, and, and there's no evolution from that because they are dead. So yeah. at that point, you, you, you can definitely disconnect and, and sort of understand that you like there's no way of sort of like changing it. that. Yeah. And it's another thing when the author is living and not only has had the chance multiple times to understand and learn uh, more about something, and they've also pushed back against it. I also understand, because this was shared by a lot of the cast, including a, a very public post on the Trevor Project done by Daniel Radcliffe, where he oh, says something that. like, um, if you found something special in this book that made you feel yeah. better and that made you relate to it, that relationship is between you and the book. And that's totally okay for you to feel that way. So sort of a lot of the cast is like, major yikes, JK. <laughs> Like, go yeah. away. Because her more recent novel, if you aren't aware, yeah. the main character is basically, you know, go ahead, Marco, say it. No, the main character is a former military um, who has a prosthetic leg. Are you talking about the villain of the latest book from the latest novel? Or are you talking about... So, like, so like she just launched a novel Is it the transvestite killer yes. one? No, but yes. that's not the main cast. So, she does... She started oh, okay. writing... She started writing, she started writing, Jesus, my grammar. Thank you, JK. <laughs> she started writing under a pseudonym uh, a series of books named Cormoran Strike. Cormoran Strike is a PI, very British, very rough, son of a rock star, mm -hmm. who has a very basically um, no career, uh, can't make ends meet. And he has also a physical disability because he doesn't have a leg because he was in the military and there was an accident. So he lost his leg. And it's basically, um, m it's murder uh, thriller books, you know, whodunit books, mm -hmm. uh, who are, which she did not um, wrote under J.K. Rowling. She wrote in, uh, as something else that I don't remember right now. And apparently in the latest Cormoran Strike book, the killer is a transvestite man who kills while dressed as a woman, which makes it even more problematic because it's kind of she's trolling her fandom into, yeah, you're calling me a turf, and now I'm making the killer. Yeah. And um, she's perpetuating the, 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 the trope of the uh, cross-dresser being disturbed and evil yeah. and the killer. I, I actually, I saw a very interesting documentary on Netflix, I think, called... Um, oh, God. Was it, was it the one about Hitchcock? No. 
uh, called Disclosure, which is very, very interesting and captivating to watch. And it's about a representation of trans people on media. And it touched a lot on this, and it had a bunch of uh, resounding names. It had uh, Laverne Cox, for example, a bunch of, of names that you know well and names that work more uh, behind the, the scenes. And and they went, and it's it's a document, it's an investigative documentary and also very um, of our time. Um, Candace Kane is also in it because it talks about the way uh, trans people have have either non not been represented or when they are, it's always in a negative light, including currently when you have, for example, Eddie Redmayne uh, in uh, the mm -hmm. um, what's it called the 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 something girl. Uh, Danish girl the Danish girl thank you very much and he got an Oscar for it and he was very good at it and the argument is why not get a trans person to yeah. play that part because what you're doing is the the focus of the character is his transness it's not the person who he is and if you yeah. have a trans person actor uh, play that character then it's not focused on that which mm -hmm. is a good thing they're being seen as a person you're not only looking at the transformation. Well, kind of like what they um, did with Pose, which is an it, it yes, is a, it is a yeah, trans-inclusive yes. cast. Pose was used, for example, as a as a as, as a positive example mm -hmm. of that. But it was very very interesting because this goes way behind, way back in history, and a lot of things that we've watched and loved, like Nip Tuck, for example, um, commit this exact same mistake and even when candace kane uh, uh she was in this show called Sex sexy dirty money something like that and um they did some this is a bit of a spoiler but the the first episode she's in she's going to meet one of the baldwins <laughs> i forget which one <laughs> uh and and the line is something like oh la -di -da, uh, i'll meet you later like you can tell they're lovers like uh, mm -hmm. uh, and she's all like decked out like a beautiful golden goddess and she's like telling a line something suggestive like okay i'll meet you later uh, at the hotel or something like that and they lowered her her natural voice two octaves just to deliver the message that that character was trans and she was like, what the fuck is this? Even, even worse It's really, than that? really interesting. And it's not condescending at all. It's super educational, but it's not, like, uh, boring to yeah. watch. It was really, really cool. And even I, who consider myself relatively woke on these issues, because it's something that mm -hmm. I came to be interested in because of watching so much Drag Race, uh, you kind of can't avoid the this content. And I learned a lot of stuff I didn't know and, and thought about things in a way I had never thought. Mm -hmm. So it's really, really interesting. And Actually, the disclosure. The thing was, and since I am on this immersion in the 90s, there is a show that I was watching where one of the gags of the show was um, having this beautiful, gorgeous uh, woman uh, who is kind of... Uh, she's always the villainous or she's a bit mm -hmm. of a... You know, she's a sister, she's a cunt. <laughs> she's a sister we, we, we relate and um, <laughs> and uh, there's this guy who comes on to her as a bar and uh, and, and she says uh, to get a, to get him away from her because he was not mm -hmm. attractive she basically mm -hmm. said I used to be a man and she lowers her yeah. voice and that get, gets like gag reels 
from the yeah. audience. Mm -hmm. And this is the thing that I was like, oh, man. They talk about that too, like the the disclosure, the fact, why do you have to tell people you're yeah. trans? And why yeah. are those stories always centered on that? Even movies that were very good, mm -hmm. uh, or at least much better than what had been done up until then, like Boys Don't Cry, for example, with Hilary Swank, it's another example. Oh yeah, it was totally basically about like, oh, but she's not a man. She's mm -hmm. she's a woman. One she's of the one of the things that 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 has happened recently related to what you're saying, but mm -hmm. the whole disclosure thing was uh, this uh, famous in the beauty YouTube beauty community person Nikki. called yeah Nikki Nikki Tutorials had to come out and say she was a trans woman because someone mm -hmm. threatened to tell yeah. on her. How yeah. shitty is that? That's yeah. her personal. I would have never have known. I would have never. Me and, neither. And, and and to every, and I'm just going to say this with the words I want to say, every stupid cunt that belittles someone who is transitioning or has transitioned with clockable, I knew she was, fuck you. You, you would have no way of knowing she's the, she's the perfect example of someone who just presented as a woman. And I'm not talking about passing or beauty or whatever. Her whole life, her whole presentation is, I'm Nikki and I'm a woman. You would have never have thought about this no. ever if she wasn't forced to say it. So fuck you, fuck your shitty standards, fuck your clockable bullshit. I'm sorry, mm -hmm. I, have, I have no patience no, no, for no. this. It's absolutely <laughs> understandable. No, also, right. passing culture is not only real... It, it, is not only yeah. relatable It's highly to, destructive. It's not yeah. only Do you to pass? trans Do you not people. Pass? Also in, in, in BIPOC yeah. people, mm -hmm. there's also a thing about being passable. Mm -hmm. um, I think one of the recent shows from Ryan Murphy, who is also, uh, you know... Uh, can be problematic. Can be problematic. Uh, he, in Hollywood, uh, there is a character who is um, half Filipino, and they're like, yeah, but you can pass. Because you don't mm -hmm. look Asian, wonder... you look white. Yeah, um, I want to add something alongside what Inish said about boys don't cry. Mm -hmm. I can accept, as a viewer, that boys don't cry followed that uh, that process with mm -hmm. Hilary Swank and not uh, a, a person who was going through it mm -hmm. because of the time in which in which it was filmed. Oh, absolutely. At the time, it was it was uh, groundbreaking. I remember yes. it very vividly. And not a lot of actors would want to come out. Subject themselves yes. to exactly be outed like that. But of these days that there are, there is mm -hmm. a movement within the industry, in the mm -hmm. Hollywood mm -hmm. industry that says, mm -hmm. hey, we're here, we're queer, we want mm -hmm. to portray these characters on screen just as ourselves. Mm -hmm. Um it's it, it it i think it comes to a time and that that's enough you know just portray yeah. different storylines mm -hmm. and then and don't make that thing the focus of the story exactly yeah. and oh, like, like and like the same like the same thing could be said for disabilities because so yes. often they they, and they ethnicity they, exactly mm -hmm. they sort of like choose abled people to say portray yeah. someone who's deaf and i yeah and it's... and like i know the one actress i don't even know her name yeah but, yeah. but the, the one that's in everything exactly yeah, yeah, yeah. because yeah. she's the only one that's been accepted probably because she is maybe also perhaps white perhaps conventionally attractive so she's mm -hmm. sort 
have passed by, but everyone else who is genuinely deaf has no chance of mm-hmm. being an actor or being in these situations because it's easier to go for someone who already has a SAG card. And then, uh, and and it's then bullshit. Get, an, uh, get an award for being also, so brave. and uh, So brave. I remember that. And, 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 and I know what I'm saying is kind of unfair in a way because you know that movie, My Left Foot? Uh, I don't know that movie, no. I know it by okay, title. It's a movie from late 80s, early 90s, for example. He, it's very good. It's very moving. It's uh, it, it's not a feel-good movie. And he plays, like, like every other part he plays, he, like, disappears into the character. And he plays a character with um, some mental uh, intellectual disability and also a physical uh, disability. His right foot... Uh, I don't remember exactly, he has a physical problem and he uses his uh, um, left foot to draw, to write, to communicate, all of that. And it's an impressive transformation. But there I go, impressive transformation. You you wouldn't tell that's not what he's like. But th- this also creates like this um, um, perverse... Uh, you know, like, oh, you're so brave for coming out as, uh, I don't know, as trauma porn. Remember that? Like, like, remember us talking about the TikTok people that pretended to be in the Holocaust? It's Mm -hmm. that same, it's that same point of your brain that is like, like ooh, delicious trauma. Yeah, and that's even, why I never even watched when they Schindler's do, do List. A, a, a great job, which is, it's, 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 I get it, but I also, I think we're in the conditions of doing better than that. Also, in the, also, on the late yeah. 90s, early 2000s, there was this stigma of if an actor came out as uh, or act gay or lesbian, mm-hmm. they would be typecast yeah. into doing only gay or lesbian roles. Which means the butt with, of the joke, which, which or the mean, very butch woman, or or be or basically just the end of their careers. <laughs> oh, the, or that. But if you put a straight person doing uh, a queer person, you give them an Oscar. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So yeah. it's kind of like because um, you are so brave. Because you're so brave for doing something brave so. Brave so, something so and I mean, there are a lot. Um, for putting yourself uh, up into ridicule. Into uh, uh, I mean, like you know, Brokeback Mountain. Us, then, uh, yeah. Which also is is also problematic. I love because... Anne Hathaway's character in that movie. Yes. Yeah. Because Bro- broke um, Brokeback broke Mountain back had Mountain. that whole thing about it is also the trope of every uh, queer centric movie had to have uh, a sad ending because mm. in oh, the yeah, end yeah. we are always yeah, punished yeah. for being. Queer. For being and wrong. that and that happens even earlier on like you know even mm-hmm. with the like uh, lady oscar it happens you know she's outside mm-hmm. of the norm so she gets punished in the end i just mm-hmm. i just want to do a segue to something that we that mafalda was mentioning uh early um uh, hamilton i don't know if you know a podcast called song exploder i do not know no no I'm it's not a, aware. okay it's one of my favorite podcasts and what they do is they invite a different artist each week uh, and pick a song from them, or the artist picks a song, I'm not sure, and they tell you about how they wrote the song. Mm-hmm. But it's not just like, this song is about da-da-da. They take you over the process of building the song, musically, oh. too. Like, the mm-hmm. layers 
of instruments and of beats and it could be like a million different styles it's always some someone different and even if you don't know the artist that week or don't even like them or don't like the song it is so so interesting i absolutely love it because it's basically a how it's made of a certain song <laughs> and i got into this uh, uh singer um that i had never heard of because they were because they only play the actual song in the end of the podcast so you're mm -hmm. literally uh watching something being built and she's more of a like electronic vibe and she, there was like this beat to the song that if i had heard it on the radio i was like okay it's a beat it's a cool beat that they thought was cool and put on the song. But then she explains, no, we played around with it. We, at a certain moment, we were stuck because it didn't uh, transmit the feeling that I wanted to because of the song. And if you just listen, you think, okay, it's a cool club track about having a crush on someone when it's so much more than that. Her mm. name is Kalela. What? And now, so go listen to Song Exploder, please. At least try one song episode. Song Explorer? Song Exploder. Exploder. Yes, it's great. Exploder. Exploder. Yes. Okay. And now they're turning it into a show on Netflix, I believe. And Lin-Manuel Miranda Mafalda was on the trailer. So they're going to uh, do some... I am not, again, Hamilton. I'm not surprised because the way... One I of the... hope they don't ruin it. I hope they don't ruin it by having it on TV. Because the no, one of the things I love about it is that it's so simple. The interviewer mm -hmm. barely asks any questions. He just lets you, the songwriter or the interpreter or both tell you what they have to tell you about the song and i love that mm -hmm. sorry also ines i'm going to give you a little bit of an, a thing to, for you to look out for which yeah. i i saw the other day and i thought it was genius i only saw one okay. episode but it's delightful okay. it's a okay. disney plus uh, content so um, you're going to have to find okay. it somewhere mm. but it is a series called the world according to jeff goldblum Oh, that sounds yes. great! I have mm -hmm. seen a few episodes of if that it show, and Jeff it's Goldblum, the most it's like, like, oh, oh my god, it's that man. Oh, it's just, man. it's just this weird man who's intensely he's fascinated. Weird, he's great, no, he's like, no, come on, and he's, he's easy on the eye too. He's super. <laughs> I see what you do, that. but uh, <laughs> hey, he's, daddy. But, <laughs> no, he's not. <laughs> he's, <laughs> <laughs> oh, so Mr. Like, Goldblum! He is! He's a good-looking man, and he knows he's good-looking. Yeah, I mean, he, <laughs> it's just like everything intensely fascinates him. Yes! Like, yeah. Yes, will, I love that about him! Yeah, I yeah. Him. I've watched the one but about cosmetics. So in I watched the one about... The world according to Jeff Goldblum. And I watched oh, the I episode about like cosmetics where he actually yeah. is, in the beginning of the episode, having his made up, uh, makeup uh, done. And then he's like, oh, yeah, because you added more color and you're making me more attractive. Otherwise. <laughs> oh, man, he's so I love it how he's so, again, permanently curious yes. and interested in the world because the man is like, what, 60? He could be jaded. I'm, I'm jaded and I'm much younger. And he's also very he seems to be generally very engaging with people like you know, starting up a conversation with the makeup artist about what the makeup artist is doing and what yeah. for and tell me why you're using this and not that and how does this work? And I kind of love that about him. So I think also, you would, he looks good. I think you would love, because <laughs> the way he... Oh yeah, that sounds like I a think, lot of fun. I think the way he... Remember he was a judge on RuPaul's Drag Race and you love the oh, way... Oh, that, that episode was so good, man! He needs to be there every episode. But that's how he acts in this show. 
Oh, great. And All did you know, time. Nikki Tutorials, by the way, there's going to be a Drag Race Holland, or there's it's already happening. It's already Nikki happening. Tutorials, it's yeah, is yeah. one of the judges. I don't know if it's permanent oh. or one of the guest judges. I haven't seen the first there. episode. I probably were going to watch it today. I haven't yeah. even finished season so. 12, so. All yeah, right. exactly. I've, like, fallen <laughs> off the I've wagon real hard. I've fallen off the bandwagon. Uh, I've even kind of fallen off the Katya and Trixie bandwagon, which is oh a sin Oh, my for me. God. I know, Canceled. I know. Cancelled no, so hard. Cancel before uh, before we leave, uh, yes. if you wish to, because I, I didn't get to uh, talk about it too much uh, on the segment, I'm going to leave some links in case you want to read both some of the story around uh, My Immortal and also if you want to just read the actual fanfic. It's hilarious. I There's been lots of like dramatizations of it done, like traumatic readings, oh a web God. show. <laughs> it's uh, it's hilarious uh, stuff. But yeah, definitely go check it out. And uh, um, I think before we go, we have to we have to get red. Uh, <laughs> we have to get red hard. So does anyone have a question uh, for our cartomancer extraordinaire? I do. I do. I have a question. Ask away. Do you have a question in it? No. Okay. Um, I want to know in the near three months if schools are going to close here in Portugal. In Portugal? Like all of them? Due to COVID. Due to COVID. I know. It's, it's a serious one, but the numbers have increased a lot no it's it's a like lot. i've been getting like i've been getting more and more it's such a fucking personal bullshit thing that no one cares about but uh, <laughs> i've been getting a lot of pain in my knee recently and i haven't been in physical therapy since 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 march mm. and i was planning to go back but things are just getting worse and worse and i've heard through sources that the government is starting to panic a lot and there have been a lot of emergency meetings and things to decide if we're gonna sort of go back on some stuff or close like they're definitely eyeing it because it's getting worse the, the okay i'm gonna my person i'm yes, probably gonna shoot myself in the foot because but i have to tell you what i see in the cards um I don't think all the schools are going to close because I have the world, the star, and the sun. Hmm, those and, are good cards. You know, I don't buy into that <laughs> duality. I am to non-dualistic non thinking. So, But actually, it's a very interesting um, exercise if you're a cartomancer is lay down three cards, read them in the most positive way, and read them in the most negative way. Too. Mm -hmm. However, I do get World, Star, and Sun, which are usually conventionally viewed as positive cards. But other than the world, which usually is a woman uh, laying in a mandala and like uh, sort of like a not a cage, but like a wraith around her, so she is enclosed. But the star is outside, and the sun is in. Yeah, but the sun usually is inside. Okay. I'm going to go, no, I actually think they're going to, they're not, most of them are going to close because the sun has walls built up. So the, mm -hmm. in the next three months, some of them are going to close. And it's, mm -hmm. it's kind of ridiculous because this is a good segue to things that I've seen because I've been going around these vacations and 
and having the opportunity to do some of the things that I usually don't have time to, like buying shoe mm-hmm. cabinets. Uh, but I, I passed by uh, a public high school, and kids have to sign it, sanitize their hands before they get in. But they are literally, literally all in a group with no social distancing whatsoever. And there are school staff there. They don't say anything. Sometimes there's police there. They don't say anything. And these kids are just, you know, all shoved along the the school walls waiting to get their hands sanitized. And I, you know... Mm. And it's really, really tricky. So I'm going to say that not there's not going to be a complete lockdown of all schools. I do mm-hmm. think most of them are going to um, close, but it's sort of probably be like closing, opening, closing, opening. Or like some of the classes will be going home, others are going to stay behind. And I'm only seeing this because in the Sun card, which actually has one child in this deck and not two, and the Sun mm-hmm. is actually making two appearances on two consecutive episodes of of um, um, of Confatal, actually. So I'm going to say that they're not on a, all going to go and completely close. Because mm-hmm. I see the kid is, is playing. And, um, <clears throat> okay. and that's my prediction. Which I could be shooting myself in the foot, but you know what I say, 50-50. <laughs> no more, no less. Right. Yes. Thank you for that reading. Uh, also, I'm getting a bigger aversion to children these days because I see them as the carriers of hidden carriers of the pandemic. So, mm-hmm. uh. yes. Well, guys, <laughs> on I that think happy note. <laughs> on that note, we shall leave you all to have a good Sunday. Yes. Um, until next episode, remember, as always, wear your mask. Practice mm-hmm. your physical distancing. Mm-hmm. Uh, please, if hands. you see someone not wearing a mask uh, that should be wearing, be kind to them. Tell them to wear it. This is this is important uh, to be kind to others as we can be to ourselves and vice versa. And uh, remember people, this is a time in which we all can make a difference. So be kind. Be kind. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to Confortal, conversations and easy banter. Please like, rate and follow our podcast in whichever platform you're currently listening on. Make sure to follow us at Confortal on Instagram and Confortal Pod on Twitter, where you can ask us questions and get the latest updates on our show. I'm 